0: Okay, for those of you who have raised or are now raising children, fill in the blanks. You gave your older child a later bedtime. The younger child became indignant, puffed up, and declared, it's not fair. Thank you. Now for the adults. You have diligently applied yourself to your work. You come in early, you leave late. You complete all your tasks in a timely manner. You are thorough and conscientious. You learn that a fellow worker whose work ethic is not up to par with yours received a raise. But you didn't. And under your breath you grumble, It's not fair. A person who never played the lottery buys one lousy ticket and he wins a fortune. (laughs) And the one who plays constantly never wins. And he whines, it's not fair. A couple is celebrating their 40th anniversary with a European vacation, but a young and newly married woman is sitting at the bedside of her dying husband. We cannot help but think, it's not fair. Two people have the same kind of cancer. They both undergo the same treatment regimen. They even go to the same doctors. One lives, the other dies. And we say, it's not fair. fair. And I often think that if a child in the womb about to be b- aborted could speak, he or she would say, it's not fair. We frequently use this expression, it's not fair in our relationships with each other. And very often we use it with God when stuff happens in life that just doesn't make sense. Our first reading from the prophet Ezekiel, which dates to 593 B.C., has humanity then, as we pretty much do today, accusing God of not being fair. And God responded through the prophet. Now, the Hebrew for not fair is loa yi The word fair is a derivative of the verb tolken, which carries the sense of being equitable and how one conducts oneself with others or in various situations. From the Hebrew, the biblical perspective, however, God is the one who establishes the criteria of equity, of what is fair, especially in two critical areas of human life that on the surface seem to be very distinct and unrelated to each other, but they are inseparable from each other. How God is to be worshipped and how we are to treat each other. In answering the people's accusation that God is not fair, God, without hesitation, declares it is we who are unfair. How? Then and today, we deny God the worship that he is due. Oh, some of us might pop into church every now and then, I've been on the Protestant side of the fence, I'm a Catholic on this Catholic side of the fence, though I suspect the bishop is doubting that one, but in any event, Catholics or Protestants or Orthodox. Some of us might just simply go through the motions of worship. Have the attitude, well, you don't have to go to church every Sunday. Just show up once in a while and that's good enough. But all we succeed in doing is placing barriers from encountering and being encountered by the living God. Now, while it is perfectly true that God does not need our worship, what we seem to always have a hard time remembering is that God created us for worship. To the best of our knowledge, we are the only creatures in the universe that worship. I hope someday that won't be true, but as far as we know, we are the only creatures in the universe that do not worship rather, that do worship. Now, worship implies that we are seeking something, someone higher than ourselves, that is our ultimate hope, our ultimate good. Worship is the avenue by which we become authentically human. When we are not fair to God, by denying him the worship that he is due, the worship he created our nature to offer, We deny ourselves our relationship with him. And from that deficit, it is but a very short and easy step to becoming unfair in our relationships with each other. How does that happen? When we deny God, when we are contrary to our nature to worship, we have only ourselves, and we can easily begin to reduce other persons to objects to be used and discarded as we choose. In Ezekiel's day, there was idolatry in the temple, foreign cults in the temple. As a result of their spiritual infidelities, they forgetting God the people also abandoned their civil and their social responsibilities. When man abandons God as his ultimate hope, his ultimate good, his ultimate end, he has only himself to rely on. And when an entire society follows that same course, it is doomed to divisiveness, strife, And ultimately, collapse. Whether it's 593 B.C. or 2017 A.D. The truth is the truth. And so God's response to the charge of being unfair by the people, then and perhaps by many of us today, is a painful one to hear. Is it my way that is unfair? Or rather, are not your ways unfair? Now, you would think that God would just wash his hands of us, but he didn't, and he won't. He redeems his people for one reason only, says the prophet Ezekiel, because God is holy. It is because God is holy that he is constantly seeking to be in a relationship with every single human being. Because God is holy, his motivation is nothing but love. Because God is holy, he ultimately set himself among us in the person of his only son to even die for us. His holiness then becomes our source of life and sets the standard of what it means to be human and how we ought to treat each other. God is not fair. Thank him that he isn't, because if God was fair, What possible defense would any one of us have for the sins we routinely commit against his love and the sins that we commit against each other? If God was fair, I doubt he would have gone to the cross for us. If God was fair, I doubt any of us would exist at all. Thank God that God is not fair. Bless God that He is instead holy.